Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Pastor James is going to explain to us how to use our Bible. Welcome to the broadcast, Pastor James. Oh, thank you, Dorothy. How are you doing today? I am blessed. Amen. That's one of the things of how to use in the Bible. Well, you got to confess what the Bible says. And one of the things is in Psalms 1, where it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. But what is that first word it says? Blessed. And the word blessed means happy. And so the thing is, you've got to stop. If you want to stop being defeated by the, the devil, you've got to use what signs, wonders, and miracles that we have at our disposal. And that is through the word. The Bible tells us very clearly, very clearly, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what is it saying? It says everything has to go through the Word, written and spoken. If you notice, when Jesus was being tempted or tested, he said, it is written, it is written, it is said. because Everything is by the words. And the more you learn to use the word, the more the miracles will happen in your life. One of the the main things I love preaching out of is the book of Acts. Everything in there is nothing but signs, wonders, and miracles. And then it tells us what we are supposed to do. In other words, the Jews try to tell we need to, Gets, the men needed to be circumcised, that we needed to keep the 613 laws and stuff. But the, the the way we came in, through the covenant of the blood of Jesus, that is our salvation. And what is it, the blood? See, that's what we all have to look at. What do these things mean? The blood means the life. So Jesus paid for us. He cried out. He did all the moaning and groaning for us and everything. He did the fasting for us. The only thing we have to do is, is say, okay, Lord, you are our, my God and my Lord. And what does that mean? See, everything you need to question, what does this really mean? Not just reading the word, what does it mean? Because the more you plant the seed in you of what the word says and have an understanding, then you find out, hey, The word is my weapon. The word is my comforter. The word is my shield. The word is my buck. The word is what feeds me. The word is what gives gives me water when I'm thirsty. The word is what takes care of me when I'm out in the middle of a, a trial or tribulation. It's the word. Everything is the word. So the thing is, we got to learn, first of all, how to walk in the word. We have to learn how to trust the word. I done prayed, and I done prayed, and it ain't came to pass. Well, first of all, you already spoke, it ain't came to pass. You don't put a time limit on God. You pray and let God handle it. One of my prayers is very short, Lord, help. When I get ready to go preach, I say, Lord, help. When I get ready to do anything, Lord, help. Your word says, like if I lose something, I need y'all to write this down in your mind. If you lose something, if you will say this, there is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. And you say it three times. 
There is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. He said the third time, there is nothing that's hid that's hid from the Lord. And so that means your enemies, things you lose, anything, God knows about it. And we're going to be reading about that later on today. We're going to be in Acts 15, so I'm giving you all a chance to get there. Acts, the 15th chapter, signs, wonders, and miracles on how to use the word and understand what are we under. There's, the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom? It's the rules, the rules of how this, this, this reality that we live in operates. And you know if you throw something up without anything under it, it'll come back down. It's the law of gravity. So is the word. The word works if you will do it according to what it says, not the way you think or the way you feel, because he said, lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge me in all thy ways, and I will direct your path. Well, how does he direct our path? Through the spirit. Now, you understand, you got things going on through your mind. You're going to have arguments, problems, day-to-day troubles and stuff. And some days it's going to be good. Some days it's going to be a little trouble. But remember, it's just a trial, and it's how you handle it. It's what keeps you either going on top or going under the bottom. I can have a bad day, and I'll stop my day and say, listen, this day stops right now. I'm blessed, and I want my blessing. And I start speaking blessing. I speak positive things, not negative things. People will come up there, and they'll work your last nerve, but you don't supposed to let them get away with that. You smile at them and say, thank you, and then get away from them. Don't argue with the people because when you start to argue with people, that's when your your blood pressure goes up, your hair changes a little color, and things that you normally don't let uh, control your mind is now running through there, arguments, fights, frustration. This is why you stick with the word. The Bible says a soft word will turn away wrath. Do what the word says. Say it and live what Jesus did. He lived it and he teaches us to live it the same way. He said, yes, we can get mad at righteous uh, indentation or madness at things, but only that goes against the word of God, not against uh, you personally. I tell people, stop defending yourself and that way your anger will go down and you will start to be blessed. All right? So, as I say, this is all about signs, wonders, and miracles and how to operate that in the scriptures. First of all, we got to know who we are. There are two types of people in Christ. There's the Jews and there's the Gentiles. The Jews mean that there was one person who was chosen, and his name was Abraham. That's why we call him the God of Abraham. And after that, uh, his son, and then his son's son, and then his son's son's son. Those were the promises. And it was that the promise that went to Abraham was that your seed would be like the uh, stars in the sky, the sand on the earth. You can't count how many they are, but they are called Jews, all right? The other one is called Gentiles. That's who we are. Now, we could be a Gentile with a covenant with God, or we can be a Gentile without a covenant with God. But who is God? The Word. So 
Either we accept God's word or we reject God's word. We're either obedient to God's word or we're disobedient to God's word. But as I say, when you start to understanding the Bible, it starts to explain itself. Everything was already ordained from the beginning before God even created anything of how things could happen and how things should go. That's why when we fight, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against spirit and the spirit realm. And the Bible teaches you how to recognize those that are trying to, as they say, pull your last nerve and what you're supposed to do against it. So I got uh, Rhonda Mayberry here with me today, and we're getting ready to we're getting ready to uh, start with Acts, the 15th chapter, and the first verse. I'll give you a few set minutes to get there. Acts, the 15th chapter, and the first verse. Because as I told you, you got to, first of all, know who you are. I know we we're, we we holler, we're ambassadors in Christ. We're uh, the sons of God. We're kings. We're priests. We're all these things. But actually, who are we? We're, we're the vessels for trying to learn the word and live it. Not just say it, but live it. And it takes practice. It takes practice. Because as I say, some people will make you mad. They're doing it on purpose. But you're supposed to smile. And the Bible says, count it all joy when you're going through dire temptation. That's why I say just smile at the person. You ain't got to agree with them. Just smile. Okay. And keep going. Don't let them get you where you're upset. All right. You ready to read? We're going to start with Acts, the 15th chapter, and the first verse. We got to find out who we are and what is our relationship with the word. And in certain certain men which came down from Judea called the brethren and said, Except ye be circumcised after the manner of Moses, ye cannot be saved. And when therefore Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and dispensation with them, they determined that Paul and Barnabas and certain other of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders about this question. Now look at here. As I told you, the Bible has Every question you can think of is in there. Every answer you need to know is in there. But you've got to know the word. You've got to read the word and not only read it, but you've got to practice it. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. Now, what they told them, they said, now, listen, because they were talking about Gentiles. That's who we are. We're Gentiles brought in the covenant through Jesus Christ. And they were saying that, because we are Gentiles, we had to do everything that the Jews had to do. And for the men, they had to be circumcised. And, and I don't know about uh, some of these other guys, but I know if you wait till you're fully grown and being circumcised, it ain't a small matter. It hurts. Thank God I did it when I was a baby. But it's not necessary because we're not Jews. We're Gentiles. All right? So... They were disputing about this uh, thing, and they were getting to the argument. And so they told Paul and Barnabas that they should go up and talk to the elders and the apostles about this question. Why couldn't Paul 
he was an apostle. Why couldn't he do that himself and say, well, I make a judgment? Because the Bible says, out of two or three, let the word be established. Witnesses. In other words, just because you got a word from God doesn't mean that uh, that's the word is supposed to be there because our minds play tricks on us. Our minds will hear things that ain't ain't been said. Sometimes it's the devil, sometimes it's ourselves, and sometimes it's God himself. But God's word never goes against what is written. All right, so here they are going up to the apostles. Go ahead. And being brought on the way by the church, they passed through Venus and Samaria and declare, declaring the conversation of the Gentiles. Conversion. Uh, conversion of the Gentiles, and they called great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they were received of the church and of the apostles and elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. Now, if you notice, it didn't say that God did, it said God with them. That's what we call Emmanuel. Or well, what is Emmanuel? It is the word of God. That's what they had to use. Nothing operates without the word of God, written or spoken. But you've got to know the word before you can speak the word. And the word will become flesh in you, and you will see what it means for it to dwell in you. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost will bring it back to your remembrance, those things that Jesus said, which is the word. What he said or what he, or what he wrote, that is the word that we have to live on. And now, as I told you, we're talking about Gentiles. That's us. We're not Jews. We're brought in through the Jewish faith, but we are Gentiles, all right? And we need to know what rules are over us. That's why I said, seek ye first the kingdom. We got to know what the rules are for us. All right, keep going. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now, if you pay the close attention, it says there rose up between them the set of the Pharisees. They're always talking about Pharisees are bad, Sadducees, and all that. No, not all. Some were believers. All right? This is what we call a Messianic Jew, okay? But they're not Gentiles. And that they uh, needful that, that uh, the Gentiles needed to be circumcised. And here's the rest of it. And to command them to keep the law of Moses. The law of Moses was 613 laws. Thank God I'm not a Jew. I'm a Gentile. Let's keep going. And the apostles and elders came together for to consider of this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Now, what does it mean, hear the word of the gospel? The word gospel, is, it can also mean good news, but with Hebrew words, it can be more than one thing. And what it means is that prophecy of what the word says is going to come to pass. There was a prophecy that, which we call the good news, that there was going to be a Savior born. He's going to be born in Bethlehem. He's going to be raised as, uh, as a Nazarite, and that he would come forth to show forth what the word says 
And then it also, a prophecy was in the Old Testament that everybody would be taught by God, all right? Who was God? The Word. And who was the Word? Jesus. Who is Jesus? He is the written and spoken Word of God. He came from the Father himself to show us how to live and what we should do. Now, here's the part about us, the Gentiles. That's what they're arguing over. Keep going. And God, which knoweth the heart, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, preferring their, purifying their hearts by faith. Now, what does it mean, purifying thy heart by faith? It means once you understand and you use the word, you walk by trust. You trust that the word's going to operate in your life. I had a thing that happened to me the other day, and I always said, Lord, help. And then after that, uh, I know God's going to make things fall in place. What happens if they don't fall in place? Maybe I, I lose everything I have. I, I was at a house. I lost my house, my car, everything all at the same time. But I learned the secret, and the secret is don't complain. What I, well, you, you should complain. No. You're not God. God has a plan for everything. There is nothing that happened without a plan. God already knows what's going to happen. So your job is do like I did. I said, Lord, you know where I live. <laughs> now, I didn't complain and say I wanted another house. I said, you know where I live. And the Bible tells me by the word that he will take care of my clothes, a place for me to eat, and, uh, uh, my clothes, my food, and everything else. All right, I ain't got to tell him. Lord, do you see what I'm at now? I'm not going to talk negative. I'm going to talk positive to the word. That's why it says in Philippians 4 and 8, think on these things, whatever is true, whatever is a good report. Think upon these things. Well, what things? The things that's going to bring joy to our God, all right? And the first thing is don't complain. Just say, Lord, I trust you. That's why we read that part just then where it says that uh, they purified their heart, washing the washing by the word of God. They have faith to trust God. All right, keep going. Now, therefore, why can't be God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our father nor we were able to bear? But we believe through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Then all the multitudes kept silence and gave audience to Barnabas and Paul, declaring what miracles and wonders God had wrought among the Gentiles by them. Now, you notice that part. What miracles and signs God, who is God? The word wrought. What is? What do you mean wrought? It happened because they used the word among the Gentiles, and that's us. We got saved by grace, not that we earn it, and that's what I'm trying to get people to stop. Stop trying to think you can earn things with God. I'm trying to build a kingdom. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to, you can't earn anything for God. You're going through a school to learn how to live, how to hold your temper when everybody else is losing theirs, how to have a, 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 a what they call in your right mind when everybody else done lost theirs. When you're supposed to, the word says this, then you're supposed to do what the word says, what everybody else do. All right? 
But we're going to get to the law about uh, Gentiles in a few minutes, but I just want you to understand signs, wonders, and miracles operate only when you move in the words. Keep going. And after they had held their peace, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simon has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this, I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, says the Lord, who doeth all these things. Now what he's talking about is the prophecies. God's word operates as a prophecy. So when you speak to the demons, you speak to them about their defeat. Not trying to give them any credit. Tell them, you were defeated at Calvary's cross. You were defeated when you first tried to take over heaven. Let them know they are defeated. That's the prophecy. All right, keep going. Known to God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Wherefore, my sentence is that we trouble not them which from among the Gentiles are turned to God, but that we write unto them that they abstain from the pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. For Moses of old time has every city them that preach him, being read in the synagogue every Sabbath day. Then pleased it, then pleased it the apostles and elders with the whole church to sentence to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, surnamed Barsabbas, mm-hmm. and Silas, chief, chief men among the brethren. Now, if you notice, it tells us what we are required. It's number 20. It's as a Gentile, we're uh, required to abstain from pollution that from uh, idols and stuff. What is an idol? Anything you put above the word. In other words, it can be money, it can be clothing, it could be uh, material things, it could be uh, a certain ring you want that has a devil face on it, or other things that you you worship. And, and what I mean by worship is that you have pride for it. It doesn't mean you bow down and worship in everything. But I'm trying to tell you, that's one of the things we have to sustain from and from fornication, sexual immorality, okay? And then from things strangled and from blood. The reason they say from things strangled, because most of those things died of a disease. And and God don't want you to eat diseased meat and talk about, I'm praying over and stuff. I had that happen to me once before, a lady uh, that I knew was a channeler, but she cooked some beans. And I would think, oh, well, that's all right. I'll just pray over it. No, I should have never ate it because I ate it and I was sick for a week, right? But if I do what the word says, this person is a channeler, that means they deal with opposite God than I do, then I should stay away from those things and from blood. In other words, they used to have uh cannibals and stuff, and they still do, that believe in vampires and stuff, they're real. 
They are real. They don't turn to bats and everything. But I've had people I've battled with that been able to turn themselves into animals, lions and stuff like that. So I'm trying to tell you, this is real. But if you learn the words, you'll learn how to battle against these things. Go ahead. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren sent greeting unto the brethren, which are of the Gentiles, and Antioch, and Syria, and Silica, for as much as we have heard, that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subverting your soul, saying ye must be circumcised and kept the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. So in other words, we don't have to keep those 613 laws, but we do need to respect the Jews that are keeping them and pray for them. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We're praying for the Jews, all right, and pray that they'll pray for us. All right, go ahead. It seemed good unto us, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent, therefore, Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same thing by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost, and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Now, if you notice, what is it talking about? It's for us. We are Gentiles. Don't try to be a Jew because they already got enough problems. Why do you want to go through all those problems when you don't have to? Jesus paid for us. He redeemed us from the law of sin and death. He's given us four rules that we need to do. And if we'll do those things by the word of God, You'll learn how to live and have life more abundantly. You'll see things change in your life. But you've got to know the scriptures. And I don't mean you've got to memorize the scriptures. You've got to live those scriptures. Go ahead. That ye abstain from meat offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication from which if ye keep yourselves, Ye shall do well, fare ye well. So when they were dismissed, they came to Antioch, and when they had gathered to the multitude together, they delivered the epistle, which when they had read, they rejoiced for the consolation. In other words, they heard the good news. We don't have to keep those 613 laws. Yes, they have the uh, festivals and stuff, but we'll do that when the new rain comes, when... Jesus takes over, we'll start celebrating all those things. The Jews are requested and required to do it now. We're not. But we can uh, support them, when, especially like Hanukkah and uh, Yom Kippur, and, and not hinder them, but be blessing them. But if you bless them, I'm trying to tell you, I'm telling you one of the secrets to the kingdom. You bless the Jews, God will bless you. Keep going. And Judas and Silas, being prophets, also themselves exhorted brethren with many words and confirmed them. And after they had carried their space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles. Notwithstanding, it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul 
Also in Barnabas, continue in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. Now, you look at that thing. It says that Paul and Silas teach. Teaching is the most important thing of the ministry. What do I teach? I teach you how to operate in the word. The word is alive. It's not dead words on a dead page. The more you understand that, the more you'll find how to use the scriptures against witches, warlocks, and any other such things, demons, devils, and some other things that most of us never pay attention to, but it's written in our Bibles like dragon, a Jezebel, Ahab. These are evil spirits. They're not the people. It's the spirit that they operate in. Go ahead. And someday, after Paul said it to Barnabas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the, the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take them with them, who departed from them from and went not with them to to the work. All right. Now, in other words, he was talking about uh, this man that was with them, but he was got a little, uh, let's say, he was weak in his faith. And I keep telling people, you want to be strong in your faith? You stay around people that are strong in faith of the word. In other words, if you want to be poor, you stay around poor people. If you want to be rich, you stay around the rich people and listen to what they tell you. You'll never be rich being around poor folks and listening to what they're saying because they're broke, they're poor themselves. So how are they going to teach you anything? All right. So I've I've got you all interested. Now let's turn to where the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. And that will start at Psalms uh, 89. Turn to Psalms 89. I'll give you all a chance to get there. Anybody out there want to ask any questions? Uh, Dorothy, can you explain to them how to get there? If you want to ask a question or make a comment, you press the number 1 on your keypad on your phone, and a hand will come up, and I'll open your mic. I have a question. All right, go ahead. I I never thought of this in this context before, but the the Messianic Jews who keep the law didn't Jesus fill the law? Aren't they yes, free from the law just like the Gentiles are? Yes, they are free, but sometimes. Someone wants to keep the law, trying, trying to build, you know, uh, their rapport with the Jewish people and with the Christian people. But uh, they're actually, as I said, they can keep the law, which is the 613 laws, or they can uh, do what the word says and realize they're born again, and they don't have to keep all the laws like that. Did I answer your question? Yes. I'm just thinking of all those Jewish people who have 
two dishwashers and two refrigerators and to keep the milk and the dairy, the dairy and the sweet separate. And it blows my hey, mind. I hear you. It, <laughs> I hear you. So that was one of the things about, that's why I said I'm glad I'm a Gentile. And that's why I practice. You know, I study Judaism because the word is with the Jews. They're the ones who are what we call the oracles or the keeper of the word. Thank God we don't have to do everything, you know, separating the meats and stuff and uh, separating our clothes and stuff like that. But the more we learn, the more we find out that the Bible is, is written to two different people. It's written to the Gentiles and to the Jews. All right. You got any okay, other we have a question. Yep, we have a question from Eric code 417233. Maybe I should put my glasses on. Your mic yep, is open. This is Natasha. This is Natasha. Hello. I have a question. Hello. Yep. Hello. I said hi, low. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, no, I'm trying to remember which um, chapter and everything it is, but when the Bible says that the women are not to, I think it's like openly ask questions at church or like if they, if women have questions about things, they're supposed to ask their husband. And okay. stuff. like I'm, I'm not really, I'm not fully understanding that. Like, I mean, like I don't have a husband at home and stuff okay. like that. So, I mean, is that Jewish law or? Okay. That is written in First uh, Corinthians, I think the 11th chapter where it talks about let the woman be silent in the churches. But yes, if you sir. notice, the Bible talks about the prophetess, right? So if you're a prophetess, mm-hmm. you're not going to be silent in the church. What it was written at, at that time of what was going on, and like one preacher said, a, a pretext without a context is no text at all. So we have to understand what is it talking about. There were men and women in the church, and the women were hollering at their husband. What does that mean? What does that mean? Interrupting the services. So that's why Paul wrote that, let the woman be silent in the churches. And that they need to ask anything, ask their husband at home. He wasn't talking about the single woman. Because the single woman should go to their pastor or their leader or they say the elder women of the church and ask them questions. And the question should be on how do I change my life so I can get ready for a husband? Because the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So it's the man supposed to be looking, but he's looking for certain characteristics in a woman, according to the Bible. In fact, uh, one of the things they talk about a virtuous woman. Well, what is a virtuous woman? You have to read what it says in uh, Proverbs, I think it's the 31st chapter, and the last uh, verse is there. And what it talks about is what Solomon's mother, she called him liminal, Solomon's mother told him about women, and that's what he should be looking for. And, of course, you know he disobeyed, and that's why he got in trouble. All right, did mm-hmm. I answer your question? Yes, sir, thank you. Okay. Anybody else got any questions? All you do is push one. All right. Well, let's 
Look at our weapons. Now, as I told you, one of the weapons of our warfare is not corner, but mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. All right. We're going to look at Psalms 89 right now and see what the word says. Go ahead. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my children. I have sworn unto David my servant. Now, let's stop to that little part there where it says, uh, I have made uh, the third verse. It says, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Why is it there? The word David, beloved. And if you uh, if you look up that word David in Hebrew letters, it D stands for Dalit, means knowledge. Then it says uh, Z stands for connect, and then the next word is dollar again. So it's uh, knowledge connected with knowledge. My people perish for what? Lack of knowledge. I'm trying to get you all to understand. If you make a covenant with the word, which God is the word, and you speak the word faithfully, what is faithful? Trusting that it's going to happen. You can't pray and think it's not going to happen. Negativity, you got to get out of your way. You got to be faithful, even unto death. I pray and I pray, and I think I'm still going to get killed. Well, you get rid of. I think I'm going to get killed, and just be faithful. And if God decides to deliver you, good. If He don't decide to deliver you, good. Just remember, He's God, you're not. But if you'll operate into the kingdom word, that's what it is. It ain't about building a big mighty church. It ain't about having three thousand people as your uh, in attendance and stuff, if you can just get one person, that's what the Bible says, all heaven rejoices over one person that repents. You have saved our whole world by getting one person. All right, keep going. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Shalom. And the heavens shall praise thy wonder. O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heaven came, who in the heaven can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong God, strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness around about thee? Thou rulest the raging of the sea, and when the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. Now, I want you to look at this. The Bible always interprets itself. If you'll use the word, what the scripture is saying right here, O God of hosts, who is strong like the Lord? or unto thee, or the faithful around thee. Now, let me tell you what it's getting ready to tell you. It's telling you that this word will work. Jesus used this word. How do I know? 
it says in the book of Matthew, it talks about him when he was crossing over the sea to the Galerians. Well, it says, thou rule the rage of the sea. You remember that? He was asleep on the boat. When the wave, therefore, arise, sit still them. He came forth and said, peace, shalom, be still. That's what he used, the scriptures. Everything that Jesus said was by the scriptures. The demons are attacking you. You attack back with the scriptures. It says, putting on the whole armor of God. And the last thing it says, and using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God with all prayer and supplication. Let your request be known unto God and the peace of God. This is the other part that I add to it because I understand how the scriptures operate. Let the peace of God which passes all understanding. Stop trying to figure this thing out. Just do it, your heart and mind. Stick your mind on the word. Scriptures are in here that repeats itself over and over again, but it's hidden. Unless you start really realizing the rules to the kingdom is precept upon precept. Then it says a second time. Then it says line upon line. It says it's a second time. And then it says here a little, there a little. You you will have to use the scriptures to put it together so that it will work for you. After a while, you'll start speaking scriptures as if just it's in you. It's, out of your belly will come rivers of living water. If you say, I can't do something, you will never be able to accomplish it. A winner never quits and a quitter never wins. You have to speak positive things. You have to take chances. In other words, if you might be fear of something, do not be afraid to face your fears. Tell your fear, I'm not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid, and I refuse to be bullied into being afraid. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. Well, what am I looking at? The spirit of fear, and I'm saying I love God's word more than anything, and it says think about whatever is true. God's word is my sword. He said he gave me a two-edged sword to speak into the spirit realm. There's people out there right now, if you're hurting, Start speaking to those things. I tell people as a point of contact, reach and grab that pain and hold it over your head and say, Lord, take this from me, and then let it go. But if you don't believe it's going to work, don't do it. You've got to operate according to your belief. If you believe, you shall receive. That's what the Bible says. Keep going. Thou hast broken Rahab in pieces. As one that is slain, thou hast scattered thy enemies with thy strong arm. Now, that's a, another scripture you can use. Rahab. You don't have to understand it. I'm trying to tell you. Say, but God has broken your arm. He scattered you. All my enemies are being scattered with a strong arm. What strong arm? The word of God. That's what we depend on. He puts his hand on you. What is the hand? It means his thoughts on you. All right, keep going. The heavens are thine, the earth is also thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast found, founded them. In other words, God controls everything. There's only one God. You can just get that. The devil is not a God. He's a wannabe. The ones under him, 
what we call the sons of God or demigods. They want to be. There's really only one most high God he created. Ain't nothing happening without him knowing about it. Now, the thing is, he gave man, he gave man the power to be God on this earth. And he said, you got it for 6,000 years. And what did man do? Rebelled against God. So God just can't come in and be an Indian, get ready to take the earth back. So what did we do? We left it, we let in death. Death came in. And with death, all the other spirits came here. This is why we're at a warfare. It's not God's fault. It's our fault. And don't be saying it was Adam and Eve's fault because the spiritual realm, we all were connected. We all were in that rebellion. And this is the same thing like when you look at your hands, you look at the cells in your body. If your body is operating correctly, whatever your brain thinks, that's what your body will do. But if your hand rebels, we are the system that rebelled in your body, we call it cancer. And cancer brings death, unless you use the word of God. I've seen people that had cancer in the last stages, and people prayed the correct prayer over them, and they live. I've seen animals come back from the dead, been dead for three days, and the prayer was the prayer of life was prayed over them, and they came back. If you'll use the word, I'll keep trying to tell you, we're right now in Psalm 89. There's a lot of weapons in here that you can get an understanding. That's why uh, when we talk about the word, the word, if you work the word, the word will work you. All right, keep going. The north and south, thou hast created them. Haber and Hermon shall rejoice in thy name. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Now, I love that part 15. What is blessed? It means happy. Happy is the people that know the joyful sound or understand the word. Uh, I couldn't even bring it down even further. If you understand the frequency, vibration, and sound, joyful sound that you speak with your mouth. That's why he gave you a two-edged sword. And if you'll speak joyful things toward God and destroy the enemy by speaking the word of destruction toward them, then God's light or understanding will come to you. All right, keep going. In thy name shall they rejoice all the day, and in thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horns shall be exalted. All right. Now, the main thing is I done told you all how to use the weapon. Use the word. You can either use the written or spoken word. Find things in the scriptures, especially in Psalms, especially Psalm 70 through 82. Those are weapons. Those are weapons. If you want to understand how the weapons work, you have to go to Mark, the 11th chapter, starting with the 22nd verse. What it says, it says, have faith in God. Well, who's God? The word. What is faith? Trust. Trust that the word will work for you. 
And then it tells you it's programming your thought life. 23rd, you read that. Could believe when you pray and without doubt that God is listening to your prayer. Now, it's up to God to do what he's going to do, but he's listening, and you've got to believe he's listening. If you don't believe he's listening, then you pray in doubt, and doubt will not bring anything forth for you. Lord, I believe, but, no, no but. Get rid of the but. Lord, I, I want to see this. No, get rid of the I want, and, Lord, your word says, if I will speak this and believe that I will receive, no doubt I can speak unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast in the sea, be thou removed and leave this. Whatever, I'm going to tell you what happened to me the other day. I was sitting in my car, and a bee blew in the, in the window, and he was getting ready to land on me, and I spoke to the bee. I said, bee, leave. Now, I could have, oh, Lord, let me pray this prayer. By that time, I would have been stung. But I said, B, leave. And that B took off so fast, it wasn't even funny, and flew onto the other flowers, flew out of my car. You've got to believe when you pray that you will receive. And if you don't receive, you just believe God still is going to do it because you ain't dead. All right. Well, I hope, is there anybody out there got any questions? The way you answer is, like uh, Dorothy said, uh, if you'll push one on your telephone. And that way she'll see it and she'll open up the line. Anybody out there? Oh, we got one. Okay. 501-208. Hello, you Pastor might Dave. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, I, have a question I... About, I have a question about deliverance. Okay. So, we, so the word says we fight not against flesh and blood, but evil things in high places. Do we have um, dominion over evil in high places, or is just evil, the, the, the demons in men? Because okay. the, the reason I ask the question is because a demon, if I don't want the demon to go out, he, he's not going to leave. So if I go to a city and I'm praying for this principality to leave and the people of the city want this fellow to be here, he ain't going nowhere. Okay. And it's a good question. Do we have authority over that? The Bible says, uh, what we just got through reading on the ninth verse, thou rulest the raging of the sea. And if you read what he was talking about, he said, what manner is man is this, that even the waves obey him, the wind obey him. Jesus lives in us. That's why we say Emmanuel, God in us. He controls everything. All we can do is ask. Yes, we can pull down principalities, powers, uh, rulers of the darkness. We can bind them. I fought spirits that came all the way from Orion. And they, the, the demons were shocked and surprised that I could get them up that far. But it wasn't me. It was he who's in me. That's why it says, if, if I submit myself unto God, and who's God? The word. I understand the word. If I 
release myself unto the word, then re, then I repel the devil. I don't care where he's at. I don't know what position he holds. I have angels that are assigned to me. Uh, like in Daniel, there was uh, two angels that were talked about, and that was Michael and Gabriel. So those are assigned to us. We have other angels, what we call guardian angels and everything. But we must believe that the word will work because the angels will not operate on just our thinking, but it operates upon the word, which is in Psalms, I think, Psalms 107. Did I answer your question? But it's like I'm kind of confused because if somebody comes, if, okay, we walk up to somebody and we try to deliver them and they don't want that demon to go, we can't cast that demon out. I just correct? told you. We can, but I'm going to tell you what happens. I don't do it, but it can. But the reason I don't do it because the scripture says once a demon goes out, he walks around in dry places trying to find rest, can't find it. He comes back. The house is clean and garnished. And it goes in and takes in seven more demons bigger than itself so it don't be cast out. So that's why we don't try to cast out demons out of people who don't want to cast out. But we have power because there's only one okay. God. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you for asking the question. I won't say enough. For the rest of y'all out there, y'all really need to go ahead and read Psalms 89. It is a lot of weapons in there that we can use, a lot of things about how God said he would beat down our foes before our face and the plague them that hate you. God will take care of you if you learn that he is the word and everything in the word interprets itself. A lot of times we have false prophets and false teachers. Yeah, if you send in $100, God will bless you. He'll send you $700 back. Listen, the only person getting rich is them. What you have to do is plant Okay, go ahead. Eric, code 941. Okay, go ahead, honey. Okay. Pastor James, excuse me. This is Kim from Sarasota. Hey, hi. Kim. How you doing? Um, hi. Good. Okay, I had a question because I've heard a, one one pastor before teach that we're not supposed to speak to angels. And, like, I'm aware of the angelic around me, like God is placed around me. And <clears throat> there are times that I have asked the angels to help me with certain things and I had a pastor just totally disagree with me and say, you're not supposed to be doing that because you could be talking to, uh, what do they say, the angel of light. You think that it's something good, but it's not. But I've noticed that when I've talked to the angels, they've actually helped me with things that I've asked them to help me with. But I wanted okay, I got to see a question what you to say. In, in I that, got a question um, to ask you. I got a question to ask you. What does the Bible say? Now, I ain't talking about the preacher. I'm saying, what does the Bible say? Did Abraham talk to angels? The answer is yes. Well, that, yes, there's did, many people that angels. Did Lot didn't... talk to angels? Yes. Did Jesus okay. talk to angels? Yes. 
So what am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Am I going to believe that preacher or am I going to believe yes. what the Bible says? Yeah. He was so concerned okay. that maybe I'm I'm talking to, uh, like, an angel of light that it's not going to be good. But as yeah. I told you, so, stick with the so word. So you can just, yeah, you can just talk to the angels and they and they can help you. You don't have to go through God to do it. You could just Well, what talk. you're doing is that you, you're seeing it in God's authority. In other words, they operate upon the word of God. That's why I tell you, look in the scriptures, do what the scriptures say. Mm-hmm. The Bible says like, that he wanted to try the spirit to see if it's of God, for many false prophets have wanted it. It didn't say that about many false spirits. It's already a bunch of spirits here. But false prophets have come forth teaching that they know they have an understanding. That's what we call light. They mean, mm-hmm. I have an understanding. I have the light. And so I'll tell you, don't do this. Listen, never go against what the word says. Always. Yeah, for like example, you know, sometimes I get something with like a lid that's screwed on too tight, and I'll just mm-hmm. I'll ask my angel I feel them. I said, can you help me with this lid? It's it's like I've tried everything. I've tried to bang the lid. I've tried my best mm-hmm. to open it, and it's open. I ask the angels to do it, and they do it. They they help mm-hmm. me most of the time. They they open the lid. They they've helped me fix things in the house. Not well, all I the hear time, you. but a lot of but a lot know, of times. But they by asking, you're not worshiping the angels. Right. In the book, right. of, in the book of Revelation, did John talk to the angels? He said yes, and he said that uh, he, the angel said, "Hey, don't fall down and worship me. I'm one of your brethren." But he talked to the mm-hmm. angels all through the Bible. People talk to the angels, and did sometimes the angels. Sometimes the angels are prophets and prophetess. And what they do, they do just what I'm doing right now. I hear God. I speak what I hear him say. And that's what you got to do. Speak what the word says. Whatever the word says, believe it. Hold on. Uh, Did I answer your question? Yes. Yeah, you did. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. We only got a couple more minutes here. You got anything you want to say, Dorothy? No, I'm good, but I I will agree with Tim. Angels are quite helpful. Mm-hmm. Well, all through the Bible, it talks about the angels that operate upon God's word. And so when we speak God's word with a belief, then God will give his angels, that's what it says, he will give his angels charge over you. It's out of Psalms 91, and I think it's the 11th verse, or what I say, 9111. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right. Well, as I say, I'm leaving you all with this word. I would, uh, those that are listening tonight, I would continue to read Psalms 89 and see what God will do. But you've got to speak it as you're reading this and believe that he will. He will sit his hand in front of you to help you. He'll put you under his wings, and everybody knows God doesn't have any wings, but it means he'll put you under his covenant. And if God's got a covenant with you, all hell's going to break loose because it's trying to get you to not believe God, not to trust him. The first lie that was told in the garden, did God really say that? 
Did the word really say that? Yes, the word did. And that's what we had to stick at. The word says he's going to give us mercy. He's going to bring us back in. That's what we call salvation. Nothing that we did, nothing we earned. God just bringing us back in because of his goodness. His goodness, his mercy. All right. Well, I hope we got some questions answered tonight. I hope people will go back and study the scriptures. You have anything you want to say, Rhonda? No. Okay. And nothing for you, Dorothy? No, nothing for me. Okay. Uh, Rhonda, would you like uh, prayer? Okay. I'll go ahead, dear. Heavenly Father, as we come before your throne, I thank you because you've been so kind to us, so merciful to us. You adopted us in through your son, the blood of Christ that was shed on Calvary's cross. He was hit with a cat of nine tails, 39 times, which means he got hit 351 times. He had his beard pulled out. He was spit upon. He was talked about. He had nails put in his body. He had a crown of thorns put on his head and then pushed down where it was pain all through his body and everything. He suffered. He suffered so that we may have life and life more abundantly, that he paid the price. He is our kinsman redeemer, that he brought us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Did it. God did it through his son. His son was faithful even unto death. Now, Father, I ask you to give us eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind to receive, and a heart to do those things that you have put before us and that we do it without complaining, without murmuring, knowing that you're God and God all by yourself and that your word goes forth, which is in the uh, spoken word and the written word. People start to understand that the word written and spoken has to work together. That's why it's so important for our conversation to be yea and amen and believe that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Father, we come to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus Christ's mighty name, and we all say amen. Amen. All right, I turn it back over to you. I would just like to say, Father, bless everyone, and thanks for coming tonight and asking questions. There were some good questions tonight. Yes, it was. I thank everybody that asked questions. But that's all I got. Father, bless. What's that that blessing? May the road rise to meet you? Two hours before the devil knows that you're in heaven. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a blessed day. You have a blessed evening, Pastor James, and all our listeners. Okay. Too. okay. Good night, everybody.